This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealow, Darren Urban, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. So the last time the three of us were together, and as we just discussed before hitting the air, it has been a little while. The gentleman to my right here called me out. And I am here today, Drew, to say that I took your comments very seriously, and I am now on board. I will join you and others, basically everyone else, in calling the Cardinals' newest wide receiver Hollywood rather than Marquise. As like you can it. see, it is, this has been weighing on my mind for a while now. <laughs> yeah, it's been a month, but you know what? I'm glad that you've come around, and, and I'm dying to hear why. I actually met him, well, not met him for the first time, but I did hang around with him for a little while during in-house media day. So I feel like, not that he'll remember who I am, but I feel like there is at least a little bit more of a connection as opposed to just saying, hey, Hollywood, there is at least some familiarity. There you go. Yeah, is that acceptable? Right. Yeah, no doubt. Does that work? Yeah. It's always good that you know that you need to have those interpersonal connections exactly. before you take that next step of using a nickname. Well, it took me two years. I finally introduced myself to... DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green. It's it's been a little while, Darren, since I've been around. I don't have the quite the same access as you do here in the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. That's true, but uh, that's just something you're going to have to live with. So. <laughs> yeah, I, there's a level that I just cannot reach, and that is the Darren Urban level. All right, let's continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seats from a current Cardinals wide receiver to a former. Cardinals wide receiver, although technically he still hasn't retired. He hasn't said those words, but Larry Fitzgerald on the NFL Network talking about Kyler Murray and where he sees the young quarterback moving here in 2022. There's nobody in the game that is as talented. It has a diverse array of, of abilities in terms of his athleticism, his ability to throw the ball going left or right. Um, you know, he's, he's immensely talented. You know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, everybody in around, around the league has to prepare differently for. And no one is arguing that, Drew. I think we all agree that there is no quarterback more talented than Kyler Murray as far as skill set. It's just everything else surrounding that position, leadership, being more consistent as a player that there are still some questions with. But Kyler Murray is the future at that position with this team. Well, there's no question he's the future. I mean, because as Larry alluded to, uh, what he brings to the table on Sundays. I mean, he is a matchup problem because you can have a perfect play call and he can still go out there and score a touchdown on you. I mean, at any point in time on the field, he can produce something that will put six points on the board. So that's that's uh, really hard for defenses to get prepared for because it's indefensible at times. We've seen that magic, but it also can get him in trouble. It's finding that balance within that. And then more to your point about seeing all of the other things that we talk about because this position uh, a lot more comes down to it than just talent. Um, 
and one of that is the availability. He's got to be able to stay healthy. He's got to be smart. And there was a huge point of emphasis last year going on into the season of saying, well, I'm not going to have as many design runs. I'm not going to do this. I want to stay healthy. Well, he's still trying to fine-tune some of that stuff. He's still trying to find that balance of saying, okay, well, I know my feet and my legs can be an asset when they need to be, but at the same time, it's got to be done throughout 17 weeks of the season. And then most importantly, when the playoffs come, are you playing your best football? And how many times, Darren, have we heard whether it's a coach or a player talk about last season looking towards this season and the word finish? It doesn't matter how this team starts. They need to finish better and have a sustained run in the postseason as opposed to what we saw last year in Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're in a position where you start 7-0, and you're 10-2, and you're feeling pretty good about how things are going to go. And and it's interesting to me when you talk about it goes across the roster. We all know that it's not just going to be the quarterback, but in a lot of ways, it's going to start with Kyler Murray. And and like what Drew was just saying about the the running part of it, I we're still having this conversation going into his fourth year now, and you know Kyler's made it pretty clear that if he could avoid running, he'd rather avoid running, and. So then, then the discussion becomes: A, is he the same effective quarterback if he tries to? I don't want to say take it out of his game, but limit that part of his game. And B, if he does want to limit that part of the game, where's the other growth going to come from to to make up for the fact that you're not exploiting people? Now, I I think Kyler will scramble if he has to and all that stuff, but in terms of a design run, in terms of something that's going to really scare the defenses, I mean, right now, are we at a point where Kyler Murray is scaring defenses if he says, I'm not going to run that much? I don't know if we're there yet. He doesn't need to carry the ball 10 or more times in a game, but I think there has to be there that threat and at least show it every so often to keep defenses on their toes. Yeah, well, I think what you can do, uh, to Darren's point, is those scramble drills that break down. Maybe he doesn't even actually count as a rushing attempt, but he's keeping plays alive. He's keeping his eyes on the field. He does that so well. He, the game is slow to him outside of the pocket, and that's something you can't teach. You draw on those strengths. You highlight those strengths for him, and you take away some of those design runs because you hopefully with some of the trickeration or whatever you want to call it, those, are, those spots and those voids are being filled by the the Rondell Moores of the world. You want to get him more involved. He has to get more involved. And I think also to Darren's point, where can you make those leaps and bounds? Where can you fill those gaps where you take away and, and keep defenses honest? It's by knowing the playbook in and out. It's about knowing where your reads and your progressions are. It's about knowing, okay, I want this concept versus this coverage or this run check versus this blitz to run away from it. All of those things are being dialed in mentally because you look at the quarterback position, you look at the guys that have done it over a long period of time for decades, or so at this league that have sustainable success, which we want to get to at this position for this guy that is going to be the franchise quarterback, it's the mental part that takes you there. It's not the physical part because physically you're going to eventually get caught up with or any of these things. When your mind is constantly growing and you're progressing and expanding that way, that's where you're going to take ownership and see those things to hopefully come to fruition of winning those close football games by outsmarting people. There's no question there's enough playmakers on this offense to where Kyler doesn't have to do everything. I think at times he feels he has to because the offense bogs down. But if you have enough guys that you're able to get the ball to a Rondell Moore or a James Conner or a Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, 
you're able to sit there and be that pocket passer as long as he has the time necessary to be that pocket passer. One more from Larry Fitzgerald talking about the Cardinals here upcoming in 2022. You bring in Hollywood. Zach Ertz is now coming into his second year, better acclimated with the system. Um, James Conner is fully healthy going back into the year. And I really like where they are uh, positioned. And, uh, you know, obviously the schedule is really tough early on in the season. They're going to be without hop. But I, I know I know Kyler has the ability in the fortitude to be able to lift this team up. Is, is Fitz in a club? I mean, what is <laughs> he, like, what exactly golf, happening right? there? It's funny the golfing. American oh, Century okay. Championship yeah. at South Lake Tahoe, which, by the way, and, and I looked this up. You'll appreciate this, Drew. Fitz finished 44th, tied for 44th. Okay. Carson Palmer, 15th. Oh, yeah. I would I would have guessed that anyways. Larry just struck gold the one time that he you know, oh, was okay. playing with. Yeah. <laughs> No, Car- Carson takes it too serious. Even though he tries to downplay all of that, like he takes that week in Tahoe very serious. I didn't see your name on no, any I, leaderboard. Yeah, no, no. pickleball. That's that. I was going to say it, you already know, Craig. Yeah, yeah I, I, I want to get Larry on the pickleball court. Though. I'm very well aware of that. All right, with Kyler Murray, there is no question that it's sometime soon maybe sooner rather than later a new contract is coming but for me Darren the biggest question mark on this offense is not Kyler Murray's contract and whether he is happy or not he is going to be here the question is who is snapping the ball to Kyler Murray that is the biggest question I have that I didn't have going into minicamp but coming out of minicamp I have because Rodney Hudson was MIA I've had a I've had a couple fans wondering how this could have come out of nowhere for the Cardinals, and I think it's fair to say that I don't think it came out of nowhere for the Cardinals. It might have come out of nowhere for all the rest of us because it wasn't public knowledge. Um, what happens? I think that's a good question. Um, the fact that we don't have any clarity right now says to me that that door is still open for Rodney Hudson to be that guy. Um, but I will say that w- with all due respect to Justin Pugh trying to learn what he's doing or what Sean Harlow did last year or whatever they think Lasita Smith might be able to do, um, I would think that a veteran center is a likely sign if it's for whatever reason turns out you don't have Rodney Hudson. Harlow made one start last season. Justin Pugh, as we heard during minicamp, said, sure, I'll, I'll try my hand at playing center. Easier said than done. A.Q. Shipley recently on the Big Red Rage talking about the potential move of a Justin Pugh or anyone going from guard to center. You got one hand between your legs. You got to make all the mental calls. You got to get everybody on the right page. Sometimes the quarterback's got his plate full with knowing all the pass game stuff. Now you're in charge of all the run checks. And, you know, there's so many different nuances that the center has to be able to help out, not only amongst the offensive line, but amongst the whole group. And so, it's definitely a difficult thing. You hope that the guy can make the transition, but it all comes down to you know just being comfortable. And when you've never really had your hand between your legs trying to block, you know, Vita Vea weighing three eighty, right? And you know you had to make all the calls beforehand and this, that, and the other. I mean, until somebody's done that, I don't, I don't think it's uh, as easy as some people may think. We are two weeks away, Drew, from the start of training camp. As a quarterback, how concerning are you, if you're Kyler Murray, how concerned are you right now that your starting center was not a part of offseason workouts? And right now there is a little uncertainty or a lot of uncertainty about whether he will be at training camp. Uh, you know what? I, I would uh, venture to say that Kyler knows exactly what's going on. <laughs> he better. Um, we, we don't know, but at the same time um, – Sometimes we make a big to-do about no news, and sometimes no news is not any news at all, and we just make a bigger deal about that in the media. And saying that 
if he's not available, that is a huge concern. That is an extreme concern because we saw how comfortable Kyler was with Rodney when he was in there making those calls. I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum, how good Rodney Hudson is. At the same time, he's not one of these guys that's out there publicizing what he's doing. He's not you know, one of these media darlings in the offensive, world, offensive line world that's out there begging for a new contract or doing any of this. Uh, I would imagine that Steve Keim and that Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray and everybody else knows exactly where he's at mentally um, and physically or where he is uh, as far as going into the season. I mean, off-season programs now, and I've talked about this before too, when we had that, that COVID year that guys weren't around or doing stuff, guys realize now, veteran guys especially, there's only so many reps they can have. There's only so much they can do that get out there the wear and tear on their body. So they're trying to save at every expense. Is Rodney Hudson going through a three-day mandatory minicamp really that valuable for him at this point in time? No. But if that was you know an unexcused absence or whatever it was, they're all going to get on the same page. It's going to get worked out. Or if it doesn't, and then you're scrambling to get it on. But behind the scenes, things are already in place that we know nothing about. See, I'd argue with Kyler Murray, given his stature, that that center position might be more important than the left guard, or excuse me, the left tackle or the right tackle, because as we've seen, and we saw it over last season, that interior pressure up the middle is what really bothers Kyler Murray. Oh, it does, without a doubt. And when you have the best interior pass rusher in the league <laughs> that you're facing twice a year, like that becomes a big problem, or three times as we saw. So in saying that, I would be more alarmed with that because to AQ's point as well, that guy's making the calls. He's doing everything up front. And tackles are very important. Tackles get a lot of notoriety. But the people that know this game, that understand this game and how it's played, those centers are the most important second to quarterback on the entire offense, in my opinion, because they have to relay those calls to the two guys on each side of them and be able to get everybody on the same page, work in conjunction to be able to do that. Um, And when you don't have that, as we saw at times last year of them trying to figure it out, it's really hard for a quarterback to feel comfortable. And when Kyler's not comfortable and he gets out of there and he can't stay in the pocket, it's going to be a hard, long season for them to have success. You hope it gets figured out, whatever it is. And hopefully it is Rodney Hudson, because if you don't have Rodney Hudson, then that might open up some other holes on that offensive line, especially if it's Justin Pugh going from left guard to center. Episode 32 of the Day Pash Podcast. You want to hear more about Justin Pugh and that move to the center position? Well, Pugh, a guest of the Day Pash Podcast. Catch up on past episodes. Follow the Day Pash Podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at Pash Pod. As we continue here on this Tuesday, the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Craig Rayalu, Drew Stanton, and Darren Urban. When we come back, more talk about the Cardinals offense in 2022 specifically not a newcomer but might be seeing more of Rondell Moore this season that's ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network back to throw Murray in trouble spins out of there to his left being chased by two Vikings and launches a deep wide open near side of the 40s Rondell Moore caught at the 30 at the 20 at the 15 10 5 touchdown the next step for him is uh targeting more downfield adding to his route tree you know it's coming in as a rookie you know you got D Hobb you got Christian Kirk you got AJ Green so he's kind of lost in that you know what I'm saying by being a rookie and everything like that but um, that's one of the things that me and Rondell have discussed about growing his routes we've been able to put him outside a little bit more where he can run some of those routes on the outside so his 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 route tree will grow leaps and bounds 
It was a good first year for Rondell Moore, but it is expected to be even better in year two. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seats. The voice of wide receivers coach Sean Jefferson talking about Rondell Moore and where we might see more, more in this offense. And I think, Darren, it's something that was brought up early in the offseason as far as getting Rondell Moore on the field and Cliff Kingsbury even admitting he didn't play as much as he should have or could have but then you had DeAndre Hopkins AJ Green and there were other pieces in front of him the biggest being Christian Kirk and that's no longer a piece and it seems to be that Rondell Moore will just slide into Christian Kirk's role I would think that that would be a big part of what he's going to do but you know it's interesting that you would play the play the Vikings touchdown which was a great play and everything but let's face it it was a broken play and and what I want to see of Rondale Moore at some point is obviously we we talk about you know Sean Jefferson there talking about his route tree and and him running some of those things I mean I, I want to see him uh, catch a pass that's not a broken play somewhere more than two yards from the line of scrimmage I mean that's what we saw mostly last year and you know, I've seen some stats. I mean, his where he was catching the ball. I mean, you you didn't give him a chance hardly at all. You you all want the stat? The, go right ahead. Next gen stats. Thank you for being here for me, Craig. One point one yards of targeted air yards That's, is what Rondell Moore earned last season. The lowest in the league by three and a half yards. Yeah. To your point, Darren, he was getting the ball at the line of scrimmage, yeah. behind the line of yeah. scrimmage, or a yard and two in front. Now, and Drew mentioned earlier, he's like, you know. Rondell Moore can be a guy who, like we were saying, if you don't want Kyler Murray running all the time, Rondell Moore is one of those guys that you can try and get into space and work around the line of scrimmage. But again, for him to be effective doing that, there's got to be a threat of him going down the field a little bit. Otherwise, teams are just going to sit on him over there and it's not going to do much. We saw him receive rush, even some special teams work as well. What stood out to you, Drew, about what you saw in the limited amount of time that we did see Rondell Moore on the offensive side? Well, I think just what I was most impressed with, even in the preseason, right, is just his demeanor. I think that that is going to carry him a long way that sometimes mentally you can be overwhelmed. But the way that he approached the game, the way he talks about the game, there's a maturity level there that's really exciting to me. And sometimes when you are overwhelmed and you see these gadget plays and a lot of stuff, it seemed like he was doing jet sweeps or he was he was kind of the outlet, right? And Kyler was doing a good job because we made such a point of emphasis of saying Kyler's got to get the ball out of his hands. He's got to get to his third, fourth guy in the progression. Just get the ball out of your hands. You don't take those hits. So he did a good job of that. So how do you balance that out between being the outlet versus, you know, to Darren's point of getting him down the field, pushing the ball down the field, and exit Christian Kirk, insert him? Yes, that's part of it. But at the same time, guys like that, that you turn things into a punt return. The last thing that you highlighted there was a special teams. That's through screens. That's through doing different things that you get him heading with a full head of steam as opposed to being an outlet and catching like where a running back would on a swing route and then try and get started. Get him started, get him in motion, whether they're tunnel screens, whether they're these different screens that try to get to the outside. That's where his comfort level is because he sees stuff, again, really well. On top of working more short area quickness inside the numbers, being able to have a matchup key, catch the ball in zone and get north and south because you 
can't do stuff east and west in this league. Uh, this is vastly different than the Big Ten, the speed of play. And he saw that even with the second and third team that he was doing in preseason. So just getting him reps, getting him exposure at a, at a higher level and a comfort level. And Sean Jefferson, in my opinion, is one of the best wide receiver coaches in this league. I've got I've worked with him before. I think he's tremendous. And everybody as a group, because we saw – and I think there was a lot of excitement going into it in the beginning portion of the season with Rondell because of the broken plays that we were talking about. Okay, well, you know, you see DeAndre Hopkins go out. Who's going to fill that void? Well, the second-round picture fill that void. Well, it's not that easy. You can't just plug and play and mix and match players like that. His comfort level will grow within this offense, and I think now with having these games that DeAndre is going to be out, you should see a big jump between not only him but also Hollywood Brown. <laughs> I appreciate that, Drew. See, you're on board yeah. as well here. <laughs> a full offseason as well for Rondell Moore within this offense and not coming off a draft and that year where your kind of head is still spinning a little bit. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury on Rondell Moore this season. We utilize him in different ways than we will this year. You know, we kind of got it to him in space and did some things and used him on some checkdowns. Um, but he, he's a dynamic route runner, and I think that's what people are going to see. He's, he's really good getting out of his cuts, uh, good at the top of routes, and, and so I think people are going to see a different side of him. We did see him on special teams, as I mentioned, Darren, both punt and kickoff. And you just wonder if his route tree and his offensive snaps are going to increase, especially the first six weeks of the season without D-Hop. How much do we then see of Rondell Moore on special teams? I, I don't know that answer. It's going to be interesting to see how special teams does kind of evolve. Um, but in – with Rondell Moore, I'm not going to put anything past him. I agree with Drew. I, I think he's incredibly intelligent. I think he's a really good, smart kid. And I think he's burning to do a lot more. And I, I do think he's he, he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder for how little or how he was used last year that I think he he's the kind of person that will turn that into uh, a positive thing for him going forward. Only 64 targets last season, but 54 catches. You throw the ball to him or in his vicinity, he's going to make the catch. So we expect to see a lot more Rondell Moore on the football field. His teammate, A.J. Green, Big Red Rage guest recently, talking about what he sees as the next step for Rondell Moore. Well, he's very capable. I think people get lost in what he did last year and how he was used. But if you go look at his college tape, the guy has great hands, great routes, great run after the catch. Um, so... I feel like he's going to make a, a huge leap from last year to this year. It's going to be special. He's a guy that works his butt off as well. And I like what you said about him, Drew, as far as when we hear from Rondell Moore, he's very matter-of-fact. It's all about business on the field, taking care of his body off the field. It's all football all the time. He is narrow focus. And there was that sense as we now get to learn a little bit more about him on how much not being on the football field, to Darren's point, burned inside of him having to watch as opposed to play yeah i mean he's a competitor and he's a high draft pick as well right like you want to see that draft capital put to use and i think uh you know you give him an opportunity to expand that role like i said sometimes uh how he was catching the ball and to your point I mean, 54 catches when they're one yard from the line of scrimmage. Hopefully that <laughs> I can do that. Too. Yeah. Well, well, I, I hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Even with you throwing me the ball. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't trust me and you right now. We're a little bit, you know, we haven't worked together so well, but chemistry is there. But in saying that, I do think with Rondell and his approach uh, and being around these guys, being around this system, uh, I mean, 
he's a guy that has to step up, and he knows it. He understands what's at stake. Um, but that's why I was saying that's what's impressed me the most is the maturity that he shows it because it allows for that optimism to actually occur. As I say, well, you know, sometimes you go year to year and say, well, how is this guy going to get better? Or why is he going to get better? And just by him being around and having a full offseason, to your point, things are returning back to normal the way they should be for these younger guys to develop over time. And you can mix and match a lot of these guys, and a lot's going to be learned because a lot's going to be thrown at them for these first couple of weeks without DeAndre. And and I'm going to say that, kind of piggybacking off of that, Rondale, to me, is the kind of person that we can talk about Hopkins missing time and who's going to fill that role and everything. And there's two ways if you're one of those receivers – trying to fill that gap that can look at it. It can be a little overwhelming, okay, here's an all-pro guy, or it can be a guy who's like, I feel Rondale Moore is the kind of guy who's looking at the world saying, you guys don't think I can fill this role right now? Let me show you how I'm going to fill this role. And and he's going to, again, a positive thing for him. Well, let's hear from Rondale Moore earlier this offseason asked about his preparation for this upcoming season. Really just been working on myself, getting better, route running, playbook, uh, learning more about my teammates. I'm not here to replace anyone and be like anybody, just be myself, you know, and just go out there and play as hard as I can and continue to uh, build relationships. And that goes back to the Kingsbury comment about, oh, yeah, we see him in Christian Kirk's role. Well, you really that to Ron Del Moore. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be my own player. I'm my own person. But that is what us, what we know and within this offense – Christian Kirk is gone. Someone needs to fill that spot. And Darren, all of a sudden, it's the there is an opening there for Rondell Moore. He understands it, but he doesn't want to say, oh, well, he's Christian Kirk's replacement. He no. sees himself as being a better than that. Abs- yeah, I mean, I, again, that's that's what the... That's what the good players do. That's how most of these NFL players, I mean, Drew could speak to this better than me, but that's how these guys get to this level in the first place is not because they're coming in to be such and such a replacement. They're coming in because they're damn good and they got to this level. It's going to be fun to watch because you got DeAndre Hopkins who's missing the first six games, but then Hollywood Brown, where does he line up? A.J. Green, year two within this offense. Rondell Moore. Don't forget about the tight ends, Elwin, James Conner, and maybe someone else in that backfield. So, number of different op- op- options, but certainly a lot of people expecting more out of Rondell Moore. Arizona Cardinals season tickets are available now. Visit azcardinals.com season for more information. We've hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. When we come back, we'll switch it up take a look at the defense and perhaps a time time sign in the secondary is needed we'll get it all that next here we do it every tuesday at 11 a.m year round it's the cardinals red sea report here on the arizona cardinals radio network byron murphy interception okay so okay. why don't we start that as Robert Downey Jr. It's a fake handoff. Rolling right is Stafford. Throwing a deep ball far side for Deshaun Jackson. And it's picked off inside the 15-yard line. Al Pacino. It's Byron Murphy. He's tackled around the 12. Byron Murphy. The NFC Defensive Player of the Week. We had two picks last week. Gets one here on Stafford in the first quarter. Okay, so now this is Wolf talking. So do it first as Wolf. 
Byron Murphy baited Matthew Stafford to throw that ball and then broke on the ball. What an unbelievable play from Byron Murphy. And slowly it's starting to turn into Jesse the Body Ventura. Baited Matthew Stafford to throw it. All right, and then. Basinonian, <laughs> are you talking to me? All right, and then I have one line after that. Let's do that line of Shaq. Man, Murphy's playing like a pro bowler the first month of the season. The man of many voices, Frank Caliendo with Dave Pash on a really one of the very few first episodes of the Dave Pash podcast going back to the Byron Murphy interception in Los Angeles Those early the in the season. The season there. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, 7 and 0, 10 and 2. Yes. Cardinals surprised a lot of people with that win in Los Angeles and then well, then there were two more games against the Rams. But we talk about Byron Murphy leaning that quarterback room here and just looking at the depth at the position Darren and there is plenty of depth in terms of numbers there are nine well, cornerbacks it's the on off the season roster. there's always yes. numbers but is there quality depth when you look at trying to figure out a 53-man roster Byron Murphy Marco Wilson Antonio Hamilton Josh Jackson who was recently signed obviously this is more of a topic of conversation because of the tragic death of Jeff Gladney this was not something that we should be talking about but here we are and this team perhaps needs to look at least I think they do at another veteran in that room it's interesting and I don't know how much we we don't want to delve too far into I mean the loss of Jeff Gladney was tragic on a football level though he hadn't played true last year so even had he been around um, I think there still would have been a lot of questions about this position and and we talked about center earlier in the in the broadcast but but cornerback is a place that you would think that they're going to sign a veteran, whether it's Robert Alford or somebody, um, because of who this list has right now and the guys that they have on the roster. And uh, we don't know. Josh Jackson does have some experience, but he's no lock to make this team. And, and, and I think that they need somebody else that's played a little bit of football. Now, it's easy to say that and then to find somebody that has done that and is better than who they have on the roster, that's, that's another story. You're sitting here in mid-July, two weeks before training camp, looking to add somebody that you hope can solve a hole or fill a hole, and maybe you know they're available for a reason, yet going in with just Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson as your one and two, and then some question marks after that, Drew, that's, that's unsettling for any Cardinals fan, especially if the talk is that they want to put Byron Murphy inside to where he is better suited, certainly capable of playing outside corner, but better suited inside. Who's your other outside cornerback? Yeah, well, I mean, I would beg to differ that I'd leave him outside. I would try and find somebody, some scrappy guy. I mean, if you find these slot corners, right, they are a diamond in the rough for you because it's such a different position. You get two-way goes, you have no sideline help, and in this division you need somebody that can stop you know, Cooper Cup that can stay with Lockett or, or whoever else is on the inside in the slot. These, this is a difficult position. I mean, Debo Samuel, how are you going to defend him if he comes in the slot? George Kittle. Th- there's things that you need where I would leave Byron on the outside because he's comfortable there. I think he looked out of sorts at time on the inside personally and watching him. And saying that, it could be one of these guys on the roster. At the same time, you give them the exposure in training camp, you have your Robert Alford out there that you can plug and play. I mean, much like when I was on the roster here, we got Tremont Williams yeah, and he Tremont showed up Williams. and I was like, who is 
number 37. Yeah. I, was, I was like, oh, okay, I know who that is, you know, from playing against them. But guys like that that know how to prepare, how to know the system, you know what you're going to get there. Give these guys these valuable reps. But here's the other thing that, that we sit and talk about that we might not really highlight enough is there's other rosters out there. There's other people on rosters that have a running list of, of GMs and people know, and they're constantly talking. Maybe there's some guy that's not going to make that roster that they can swap picks for or trade guys out or depth or blah, blah, blah. All of that stuff is going to start working itself out over time with these joint practices that we have with different things. There's going to be constant communication. There's just no need to change it right now. And some of these guys, they might say, hey, okay, I want to see Nate Brooks or Christian Matthew play more. I want to see them get more exposure to see, okay, can they do this in the slot for me? Are they comfortable outside? Can they pick the system up? Are they better in zone? Are they better in man? Do they understand how it all fits together? So you give those guys that opportunity. You know what you have on, on the back end with the veteran guys that you're going to sign or the pricing right or whatever it is. And then you also look at other rosters to say, you know, you're not stupid. You can sit there and say, well, this is a fourth corner that's getting paid too much. You know, can we make a trade for him? Can we do all these different things to make it? Because it, to Darren's point, this is a very, very important position that we saw kind of fall off towards the latter part of the season. Tremont Williams is a great example because that's a guy who signed into training camp. It wasn't at the outset. These guys had already been through a bunch of practices before he signed. And, you know, sometimes that happens. I, I Some of the names are escaping me, but there have been a number of training camps where this team has brought in a couple of veteran cornerbacks and they've had them there for a few days. And if they like what they see, it's almost like a, a high level tryout in a lot yeah. of ways. And, and you see what happens. And, you know, again, I, nobody's nobody should push the the panic button. It, it kind of cracks me up when people are like, "Well, how come you haven't signed this person yet? How come you haven't signed Robert Alford or a cornerback? Or how come how how come they haven't figured out center?" And it's 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 like what Drew said, which is, "Look, they've been they've looked at this all off season. They've done this a million times. There's guys out there. I'm sure they're they're talking and looking and all that stuff. And the games don't count until the beginning of September." And especially at a cornerback, yeah, they got to know the system and all that stuff. But cornerback's one of those things that, well, as, as a BA would be kind of like, you go get them. It's a cat get them coverage. guy. Cat coverage. Yeah, yeah you go cover, you that, cover cat. that cat. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, that can be figured out. That can be figured out once we get to camp. And, again, I, I'm not trying to downplay the fact that they need somebody. But at the same time, you know. I don't know if it should be keeping up fans at night right now if they don't like the cornerback roster. Right well, it was a question posed to head coach Cliff Kingsbury early in June about the potential about adding a cornerback. We're definitely looking. You know, we're, we're always trying to improve our roster, and that's that's a position that um, we'd like to bring in a few more veteran players that we could before training camp. And um, so we'll see what's out there in the next couple of weeks. Well, in fact, a couple of days after Kingsbury said that Josh Jackson was signed, the former second-round draft pick of the Packers in 2018. We'll see if another or a couple are added. But then you look at the names, Darren, that are on the roster and Byron Murphy going in. He's the veteran of that group. But Marco Wilson, how about year two and the improvement he's expected to make that jump from year one to year two? Wilson played well early in the season, and I think over time may have been a little exposed, maybe got even a little tired, but he's expected to increase his level of play to where you're not looking for maybe a starter, but in this day and age, you need three or four top-notch cornerbacks to cover all those pass catchers. Well, again, when you start talking about Marco Wilson, it's a fourth-round pick, and, and 
we've talked a million times about the drafting that this team has done, and you you got to hit on some of those guys, and they're hoping Marco Wilson is one of those guys that eventually can be a solid starter uh, consistently. You know, the Murphy thing is really interesting. You know, Drew talked about him playing outside. I mean, Byron's going into the last year of his contract, and he's worth a lot more if he can play outside and do a good job out there than if he's, if he's a guy that people decide he's better suited inside all the time. So I'll be curious to know. I'm sure he's working on his game to be out there too. I, I agree with Drew. I think I think they need Byron Murphy outside given the circumstances and given uh, the ability, a little bit more ease of finding a slot guy uh, who's out there than necessarily a guy who can cover on the outside. I think they need Murphy to play outside. And, of course, what would help everyone in that secondary, Drew, is a pass rush, a consistent pass rush. So you're not asking a Byron Murphy or Marco Wilson to cover for three, four, five-plus seconds. Yeah, well, I mean, you put it all together, right? Good team defense can look a lot of different ways. Um, and, and how you kind of protect each other, how you play together in unison is very important on defense. When we saw that at a high level last year, those guys were doing that. They were getting pressure on the quarterback, and the ball just kind of found Marco Wilson, or not Marco Wilson, sorry, Byron Murphy early in the year. There was good things playing there, opportunistic. You take Jalen Jones off of that list, and then where is that going to show up? It can happen as a collective whole. It can happen as a group. And we've talked about this, too, of maybe you move some of this draft capital around that we have uh, the linebacker position and get that athleticism on the field. Get it all on the field. Make it hard for people to really dial in or focus in on what you're doing and put stress on protections because that's how you force guys into positions and you allow these corners to kind of sit back with eyes on the quarterback and more of a zone type of a defense than saying, okay, we got to play man, we got to try and shore it up and just hopefully we get home. Team defense, is there, do you put more stock on that pass rush or having good solid corners? Pass rush all day long. The ball's got to come out. It doesn't matter how long. The wide receiver units in this league, if there's not enough out there pressure, like the guy's going to get open and the ball's going to get in his hands and it's going to be problems. We'll see what general manager Steve Kime has up his sleeve at the cornerback position. Maybe there is some other positions as well. Cardinals open the regular season just right around the corner. Home game against the Kansas City Chiefs. If you want to catch that game or any game ahead at State Farm Stadium, single game tickets are available right now. Visit azcardinals.com slash tickets for more information. Training camp in two weeks' time. Camp battles. How many are there? We'll discuss that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Trips right, single receiver left. Shotgun snap to McCoy. Hands off Benjamin off the left side of the 15. He trucks a DB and walks into the end zone. His first touchdown. Eno Benjamin just ran over former Cardinal Drake Kirkpatrick and maybe put this one out of reach. 30-7 to midway through the third. Eno Benjamin's a little filthy. Man, for the first one and two for his first touchdown, that was awesome, incredible to see. So you see no hesitation, you know, for the contact, and, you know, he picked his legs up running out of it. So special back. How much more will we see of Eno Benjamin coming up here this season? It's a big question that we hope to get answered in training camp or preseason action as well. As we welcome you back here, the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. As I mentioned earlier, training camp in two weeks. 
players report to State Farm Stadium on July 26th. And Darren, the first open practice comes four days later on that Saturday, July 30th, one of 10 open practices. HazyCardinals.com for more information. But there is a little bit more than just that as far as the fans want to get to training camp. You can't just show up. There are some procedures that need to be done ahead of time. Yeah, you do need you will need to have the the tickets are free, but you do need to have tickets, digital tickets. Uh season ticket holders can start uh by going to their account manager on the website azcardinals.com uh, backslash uh, am and they can start doing that uh, Monday at 10 a.m. and then the general public can start doing it at azcardinals.com backslash camp ticks c a m p t i x and that's Wednesday uh, at 10 a.m. And, you know, you can sign up for as many as four tickets. There's usually lots of room out there, so uh, everybody should be able to get in there. And, it, and it's nice to kind of be moving. I know we had fans last year, but it, it feels like we're, we're finally kind of back to normal a little bit in terms of training camp. Again, 10 open practices, the first one coming up on July 30th, the entire schedule and details on azcardinals.com. But as we come into this segment with an Eno Benjamin touchdown against the San Francisco 49ers, I don't know, Darren, if there was a player that was more praised publicly this offseason than Eno Benjamin. The question is, we know he's not the number one running back, but camp battles. There is a battle to be the number two running back, even with the addition of Daryl Williams added this offseason. Yeah, and, and I think running back is a fascinating spot because as much as Eno Benjamin was praised, I, you know, I had to do a, I, I was doing a position preview for running backs, and to me, the uh, at this point, and I could be wrong, I'm not necessarily looking at the depth chart up in the in the front office but I I think I think Connor's a lock to make this roster I think Daryl Williams will be a lock to make this roster given what he's done in this league I think Benjamin still has some work to do given the other people that are out there you've got Jonathan Ward you've got Keontae Ingram um, you know guys that uh, you know how many how many running backs are you necessarily going to need out there are you going to have four on the roster are you going to be able to move one of these? Can you get Ingram onto a practice squad? I, I think it's going to be fascinating what happens behind James Conner. And Benjamin, a great example, Drew, of uh, the perseverance, the patience. He's been very patient. He admitted that maybe he thought things were going to come a little bit easier to him, but he learned how to become a professional, and now he's made his way from being inactive every single game as a rookie to now here you are with an opportunity to get some meaningful snaps at running back and not because of injury and an injury to James Conner or Chase Edmonds as was the case last year yeah I mean that's the beauty of training camp it's an opportunity but it's an opportunity that he's got to take and make the most of I mean you look at him and and being a local guy here he he has name recognition right off the bat and sometimes as a rookie it's hard to get in that that uh, rhythm of what that takes to make that jump at this level but uh, running back you've got to show up each and every day it is one of those positions that if you're not doing something if you're not making a splash play, if you miss a protection, if you do anything in training camp, it is so evaluated on a day-by-day basis that you can't lose any ground. And he's probably aware of that. If he's a, truly taken those steps as a professional, he's aware that he can't let anything go by the wayside. And that's just the maturation process of that position. I think you look at Jonathan Ward, you look at how he fits into it, you look at Ingram, adding him to the to the mix 
a lot of that's going to be on special teams value. What can these guys do to bring to the table? Because you might have to bide your time and you have to wait for your time on special teams when the time comes because James is going to be that guy. He's proven that he can be a three-down back. He can do a lot of stuff, but he's also going to need a break. He's going to need to be spelled on how that looks into it. And that's just one of the many battles that you go into. And we have these ideas sitting here in the middle of uh, July which could be completely different come September 1st when games start of where guys fit into it based off of what they do because you've got to show up. And training camp is not a powder puff thing for running backs. It's one of these things that you have to go in each and every day. I mean, let's pick up all this stuff. It matters because that is one thing. If it goes by the wayside, your franchise quarterback is in harm's way if your guy doesn't know what he's doing. Number two running back, certainly maybe the biggest battle on offense. Some other positional battles in training camp. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. There's a lot of positions I think that people are waiting to see who emerges, you know, that outside back position, trying to find some some depth there, replacing Chandler and then and obviously wide out. Uh, we brought in Hollywood, but we got to have other guys step up without hop and then losing chase. One of those young running backs needs to needs to come on. And so it's going to be fun to see how those guys compete. Then, of course, you look at offensive line, Darren, and depending on what happens at the center position, which we talked about, but I know you've brought up right tackle as well. Kelvin Beecham is the starter, but got to figure out what you have in Josh Jones. He's He's been here a while now. I mean, you, you figure that there's always the chance that Josh Jones can take a step forward and uh, you know, maybe there's your right tackle at right guard. You would think Will Hernandez signed his contract because they want him to start, but who knows? Is it Justin Murray? Maybe I don't think they're going to put Josh Jones there. I think they know he's a tackle, so there 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 are moving pieces. And if Pew has to play center, then you got to figure out a left guard too. Training camp battles begin July 26, two weeks from today, and again, ten open practices. Go to azcardinals.com for more information. Special thanks to those behind the scenes here on this week's edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Zach Larson. For Drew Stanton, Darren Urban, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time. We do it every Tuesday year-round, 11 a.m. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals football club. Oh.